Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Um, I know I said from, from yesterday's show that I asked, did you miss me? And I've had a few people said yes, and a few people said we've missed you, but not how loud that bloody intro music is, which uh, still continues to irritate, and uh, I continue to not have the time to sort it out, so sorry about that. But, um, yeah, I'm Jack Chu. This is Chewing It Over, 12.30 till 1 o'clock, weekdays, and we discuss whatever's topical in MSK practice in healthcare and where culture meets it. We've got an interesting show today. I always say that, don't I, because they're always interesting shows, but this one uh, is a bit different in that Michael Schumacher, who you should have uh, seen his, we used to do Marketing Monday more frequently than we do now, uh, but he's been on the show a few times and he's our marketing lead and uh, an expert in that space, but then obviously non-clinical with it, but in touch with um, and speaks to a lot of physios all day, every day. But he then, instead of them needing him, he needed them. Uh, for a change when he developed neck and arm pain, tell you all about. And so he then got that patient's eye view um, that, that he hadn't had necessarily before, in recent times at least, you know, otherwise I'm sure I'd tell you, been otherwise injured before, but don't get me wrong. But um, some really interesting insights, and there was definitely a lot to learn. I learned a lot from just him saying some of his reflections and how he sees us uh, as an industry now, how, uh, which is slightly different to before he had this experience. And so I wanted him to share them with you um rather than me sharing it with you uh, by proxy so um he's on the show today in a different capacity which is cool so let me uh do the whole clickeroo and uh and, and get him get him on as usual please do let me know if you can hear loud and clear and stuff that's really helpful and for you to participate and join in through questions we had some problems yesterday accessing some of the comments and questions and bringing them up on screen which is a shame so hopefully that doesn't persist but the only way to find that out is for you guys to actually post them there. So hopefully, Michael, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Brilliant. So as I've just said in the intro, uh, a bit of a different circumstance for you coming on Tuning oh. Over. We're discussing digital marketing and your uh, specialism. However, today, still a subject you should know plenty about, which is your recent issues with pain and injury. So tell us a little bit about how that emerged and then we'll get stuck into what that's meant in terms of your reflections for us as an industry. Yeah, so just a bit of context. Obviously you and I have known each other for years now and we work with so many different physiotherapists and, and marketing physiotherapists means under, understanding the patient, right? In terms of you know what does a patient need and what, do, what can a physiotherapist or chiropractor or whatever provide to a patient? And I've always been, you know, pretty clear on that and or, or, or thought I was. And about, I don't know what it was now, six months ago, five months ago, uh, I woke up and I had the most horrific arm pain and, and also uh, kind of uh, armpit pain. And as usual, whenever I'm broken, I give you a call, my like on-call physio. I think it was like 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning or maybe even earlier. I'm like, Jack, I'm dying. Um, what's going yeah, on? Not that I hold you to it, but yeah. Was it that early? Yeah, I mean, I was genuinely just, this This happened actually a couple of months before that as well, um, if you remember, where I was disabled. Yeah, hey, oh no, that was a weird one. Yeah, we're going to do that on another show. Let's not digress because that yeah. was. But, I, but it's so I also an interesting example of how sometimes just having someone to call is important. Yeah, I think it, absolutely. For me, I'm so lucky now. I'm getting, I'm 44, just turned 44, so I'm obviously just breaking. So having someone to call is 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 crucial. But that morning I wake up and I'm just in such severe pain. And ordinarily, I'd probably have gone to A&E, to be perfectly honest. But knowing that I've got access to, to the best of the best, um, I, I didn't call them, I called you. And uh, within 
within about two minutes, you said, Michael, it's your neck. Um, it's likely to be a C5, C6. This is what we need to do next. And the next stage was I went and spoke to big shout out to Jonathan Bell, one of our friends and partners in, in a number of ways uh, who owns Wimbledon Clinics. Uh, yeah, reached out to Wimbledon Clinics, got an MRI sorted, um, had a chat with the spinal um, consultant there and then showed you the, the scans as well. And then the next stage was was um, you pushing me to Mark Reed, who was at Choose Health, who was absolutely sensational. And it was it was a really interesting process because the the first and most important thing for me was the knowledge, the 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 knowledge of what was going on and and understanding what the problem was and getting an accurate diagnosis, right? And 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 I think. I was talking to Jack March about this earlier. Strangely enough, a week after this happened to me, my friend called me and he said, oh my God, I've got exactly the same thing. And, and I think I told you about it and you said, yeah, nerve root irritation, no question. He went to a physio, I won't say which one. He went to a physio, um, the doctor gave him diazepam and the physio was seeing him three times a week and massaging his neck because that was going to make him better. And the, the level of care was just completely different. And And, and so for me, the, the, the great thing was was having you say, yes, this is what, 99%, this is what it is, need the MRI to check. And then having, you know, that confidence, because I think pain is okay if you know why you have the pain. Pain is okay if you know what's on the other side. It's not okay when you're sat there without any knowledge. It hurts and I don't know why, I don't know how to fix it, I don't know how long it's gonna last. And so for me, the 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 the, physio, the the physiotherapy side of it or the, the benefit came from that knowledge it came from from knowing what it was and then also mark reed really he he was sensational because once i started talking to him it was very apparent that he actually focused on the drugs he focused on the pain relief and he talked me through the different drugs that i was on and what i was taking and and um, and what I might experience from those, and that then got into interventions, which was, you know, in, in an ideal world, you don't want an intervention. Uh, you 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 manage the pain because this is a three month. You know, all the research says three months. It's funny because I mentioned it to Adam Meekins, and he said just drugs and whiskey is all that's gonna all that's needed. Um, I didn't go that route. And Dave Lutsky probably said, didn't he? Probably yeah. Said. And a bit of acupuncture, I think he did. <laughs> um, but but um, it, no, it was it was really interesting for Mark to say what we need to do is get that balance right, right? Because I was on Dazpan, opiates, uh, to pentadol, gabapentin, and it was like you're going to feel like crap. But it, it, we need to make sure that we get that balance right. Because if we can get it, then you're going to be fine. Then you just ride it out for a little while. Yes, here's some neck tucks and some things that you should be doing. But again, having that knowledge was just invaluable, and I think. You know, this entire, the reason we're doing this was that yesterday we were having a random chat about something and I said that physiotherapists are just like solicitors. And you said that was quite a good analogy and I'll explain that quickly. In the, I have a solicitor. Oh, before, you, before you do, before yeah, you probably. do. Because it, it, definitely that is the meat of it, and we want to get there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and so we'll, we'll come back to it. But before we do, I just wanted to make sure I flagged something that I know... Um, some of my colleagues and viewers of this uh, will be ringing in their ears the fact that uh, early doors um, we were eyes and imaging because this is often um, uh, it might seem cavalier to do so so quickly 
you had a fairly com what was indicated as being a compressive lesion. We couldn't assess you in person because of the geography between us. You're in Wimbledon, we're in Manchester, um, but you were you were getting some overt weakness and, and effects into the into the limb. It felt like, therefore, we wanted to understand this, the extent of a compressive lesion, um, and that's why that was indicated. But I wanted to ask, so that's not just me sort of arse covering to justify no, that clinical and, decision, but I wanted to ask you on that, how important was that imaging for you alongside and coupled with the assurances we were able to give? It, it was. Um, it was really important because I felt as if, as if, you know, it's, it's funny because it, it, it's like there's something to look at. Right. right. It, it's, it's like it's like an X-ray. You know, some can say you have a fracture, but to to me as an uneducated, un, non-clinical person, what does nerve root irritation look like? You know, is my spine cracked into 15 places? And, and being able to see it was actually really, really interesting. And, and the other thing that was really important from the imaging was um, having the, the consultant afterwards looking at it and saying, yes, it's what we thought it was. Because my biggest fear was that he was going to sit there, and initially I thought this is what he was going to do. He was going to sit there and go, no idea. I've got no idea what this is. Um, it's not what we thought it was. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we've got to start again. So the fact that he said, yes, you know, Jack Chu, Mark Reed, they said that this is what we think it is. I've done an image. I, I, I can see that that's what it is. You don't need a fusion. You don't want to go for an injection at this stage. Let's go and, and you know, and, you know, let's, let's, let's go through the rehab and, and, and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, it was Because how much, it's hard to know in, in hindsight, but at various different intervals during your journey through this, and I'm glad you've come out of it. I'm so chuffed because, you know, that was the likelihood, but equally it's never inevitable. You know, these things can be really quite tricky and complex, and it really did disrupt your life significantly for a time. Mm -hmm. But at various intervals you were... Checking in and, and for, you know, not in as many words, but you were saying, are we sure? Is there anything else? Let's, you know, you just needed that, 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 that re repeat on the, on the reassurance with it. Now, we speak so often on various different things. It was totally appropriate for you to do so. And I was asking after it as, as a mate mm. and, and a colleague. But I wondered, it, without that imaging, do you feel that you would have been as likely or less likely to accept our assurances and, and, and things? Yours, Yes. Um, right. I, I would you, you and Mark, yes. Um, but then I trust you hugely. Um, so you know, you've seen it, you've done it, and I, I've seen your patient um, results. So yes, I, I'm not sure if I didn't know you, I'm not sure I would. If you were just a physio that I'd gone to, I'm not sure I would. And and just as a side. Diagnostic ultrasound is something when we're marketing clinics that, that have a diagnostic ultrasound, it actually works incredibly well in terms of a patient going, okay, I know that this person is accurately diagnosing me. Right. Um, again, clinically, that's not you know, whether you should use it or not. I, I don't care about that stuff. But <laughs> from a marketing perspective, certainly as a patient, this is why the, you know all the dodgy chiropractors do x-rays, right? 
um, it's it, here. Here is something that you can that you can see. So no, that's the why it's, comp it's compelling. But this is this is the challenge because the overimaging is a problem. And, and and there's a really lovely recent paper. I'll try and find the link. I wish I'd have thought of it to put in the chat for now. But it's like general practice um, proliferation of MRI in general practice as a means of, uh, of, of, of it is there is an overimaging process whereby it's not changing mm -hmm. management, a lot of uh, depletion of funds as well as then over attribution to structural causes for people and what you had was the ability for us to constantly and and several professionals able to clarify the what was and wasn't relevant and offer an appropriate assurance that these things that were indicating as to why you might be experiencing these symptoms the reason why those things don't need to be structurally corrected for for things to alleviate right so that was one of the things that really mattered there and i think that sometimes if you only have part of this journey it can go awry but as a package it can work quite well yeah and, and just going back uh, one step as well I, I remember right at the start um because i was like look whatever you, whatever i can do i'll take an injection today if it costs me a hundred thousand i'll do it because the pain was so severe and you said go and watch my uh podcast there's an old physio oh, that's right. Because you were like, that's not what we do. We don't just like inject people, chill out. I've been through this myself. Go and watch this podcast and you'll see it talks about interventions and 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 what happened to you and um why you disagreed with the surgeon. I, I remember there was stuff around, you know, the, the consultant was saying something. So for those that, for those that don't know, this is uh, a few years ago. I had a um a lumbar spine problem not dissimilar to Michael's of uh, you know, frank frank weakness lost all all um, power in my hallux had a, a pseudo foot drop and and went on to need a decompression over time but the timing of the interventions was one of the things that was kind of labored within that podcast I was interviewed by my then boss at the time uh, Paula Deacon and so yeah an interesting podcast but again we'll put a link in but I did I, I said to Michael even though it's a different body part and stuff just listening to this experience um, and, and also I wanted him to know that, you know, as much as I was trying to labor the point that, God, I feel your pain, mate, I was wanting him to probably, because it was before we knew each other, I wanted you to hear about, about the fact that I'd been there and, and that. Yeah, because uh, I wasn't aware of it. It was savage. Yeah, it was, it's good, it's yeah. good that you weren't aware as well. It's good that I don't bring it up in every, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm uh, clearly over it. <laughs> that I hadn't do, you, do you know what? It was, it was just that that entire process was interesting because there were, because I did get some really bad advice from people because obviously I know a lot of people in the industry. And, yeah, and when you were on Zoom calls, like on a on your sofa at a funny angle, and you were having to explain yourself. I remember we were in some business meetings and, I, and we were all like saying, before we start, let's just explain why Michael is in a, at a funny angle on, on screen. And the that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is tell us about what you um, were told by others and how varied was the advice you were given outside of our stuff? So, so the, the people that I know generally are, are customers and we tend to have customers who are 99% um, um, no, in fact, you know what, all of them, they're, they're genuine ethical physios. We don't, you know, we had someone contact us recently to market IDD and it's like, no, not, not, not happening. So we, we have a lot of good physios, but there was certainly advice which wasn't consistent. And I found that the majority of the, the advice was consistent. This is what's going to happen. This is what it looks like. This is, you know, uh, it, it, but every now and then there was some advice that just wasn't accurate um, or no, let's not say accurate. Because I don't know that. Uh, let's sure. say it wasn't 
consistent with what other people were telling me. One person told me to do an exercise um, until it hurt, like do this particular thing. And when it hurts, you know that you're getting some good results from it. Now, oh, uh, unless you get pain in your leg. I mean, it was it was something that was completely crazy, but um, it wasn't consistent. So, so I think for me, it was it was a case of throwing away anything that wasn't consistent or or um, didn't adhere to what everybody else that I really respected was saying. Were there um, a lot of people suggesting like this particular style of treatment, like yes, you know, it, this massage, this manipulation, these needles, this tape, this laser, like what? Yeah, was it very they, interventional or was was it management yeah, tactics? No, there were there were there were some very specifics um, around the type of acupuncture that was that was um, uh, going to be effective for this. Uh, it wasn't normal to acupuncture. It was something I can't, I can't remember. I, I, I ignored it. But um, but in general terms, I have to say that you know that yes, there was some bad advice, but most of them. It was quite funny because I, it was such a big thing for me. And such a massive issue in my life. And there was so, everyone was just blase about it. I remember there's, there's one guy, I'll, I'll shout him out, Tom at Flex Physio in, um, in Oxford. Really good guy. And he was like, it's fine. You'll be over it in three months. Just chill out. It's, this is not a big thing. No, you don't need operations. And, and so there was a lot of that, which was like, listen, like, it almost felt like I had man flu or something. Um, well, chill that, that's a really good, but I, I never thought that we'd end up here, but th I'm going to ask the question now is how much of that was in the right circumstance reassuring that, that, you, that, that, that people weren't hearing your story and weren't like overly worried and, and how much of it felt dismissive? No, really reassuring. And um, no, I didn't feel dismissed at any point with people. Um, uh, it, 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 uh, to some extent, it was jokey because we have really good relationships with like physio. Well, clients. that's the thing is that it does overlap. There's, there's such a difference there, isn't there? And Anna's, Anna's uh, posted here. I'm going to bring some comments up and questions in a second, but it is. It was such a big thing in my life, and everyone was so blasé about it. It is powerful, and that can go badly or it can go well in that if it's appropriately couched in the right circumstance and in, in a bit of banter and. And, and within a relationship of which it can be assuring, it wasn't necessarily, um, it wasn't necessarily. Well, what I would say on that, what I would say well, on that is that I, I, I knew I, that these people cared. And when someone cares and they're blase, you're okay. You feel like, you know, like, I don't want to say Adam cares about me, but you know, his just drinks some whiskey. I knew that he's the sort of person that isn't going to be an absolute dick and just want me in pain or, or not want me to be okay and so when someone the same as you like you know you you were quite dismissive about something and this was another interesting thing i started doing google searches right as you do so i diagnosed myself with spinal cancer and i actually sat there thinking god i've got spine cancer and then it was like and i actually messaged you i was like listen i'm really worried this was before the mri i was like i'm really worried and you were like just shut up <laughs> just no, it's it's unlucky. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I this is interesting because you're always going to remember the details closer than than I am. But you know, it was me trying to then say you'd looked at what if, if I've got if I've got spinal root compression, what what can cause that? And then you are describing what clinically we'd say are space occupying lesions, most commonly a, a disc. You know, the people you get a narrowing that means that you've got this thickening of the ligament, less so in the neck. 
Um, it just becomes smaller, it's arthritis. But then you can't got space occupying lesions that are tumors or growths or other cysts and rarer things like that. And because they are then named on a WebMD style list, then, then you were concerned in that direction. And the imaging definitely helped us in that direction. But also I was able to appear to appeal to the rationalist that I know well and, and was able to say, well, let's talk about raw probability. I think even we went to, didn't we? And said, well, of we, course we did. it could, but you would be typically presenting with these sorts of signs. It's unusual, it's very mechanical, the way it's emerged, you know. And 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 that again, it's this waxing and waning of your reassurance that seemed to be occurring, which was a very natural process that we witnessed with patients. But we were in such regular communication, like we would normally I'd be speaking to a patient about this with a fortnightly over a course of time. And then they might raise concern over the phone or an email and stuff when we get that. But we were speaking, you know, a couple of times most days at the time, you know, because of various things we were doing, which meant that I was able to check in. And that can sometimes mm-hmm. be for good and for ill. And so, so you know, I, I look on at that as being there were times where I think you had too much access to healthcare because you you almost or too much access to advice like do you well do you disagree with that i disagree i I disagree i it was just really reassuring because uh, you know i can't stress enough how how much it affected my life you know i mean it was bad (laughs) it was so bad the pain the the drugs the drugs as well goes you sleep well the the drugs because that was the thing that we had a lot of kinship on wasn't it the way that the drugs especially your gabapentinoids they'll slow your cognition and me and you are often trying to creatively solve problems and we kind of build our working life around that sharpness. People would disagree whether we're sharp or not, but we're trying to be. And um, yeah. and that that made a massive difference. Didn't it? That, that grogginess was as bad as you, the pain in many ways. You actually commented not so long ago uh, where something had gone wrong or something we were doing wasn't quite right. And I was like, no, no, that's because I get things right. Uh, I, I just, I am, I'm sharp, I get things right and I'm, I'm I'm there, and and you said, well, actually, Michael, no, you've been, you rely so much on your memory and so much on being analytical, and uh, you were not that at all. And it was, yeah, it was really interesting. I know, I remember saying that, and I can't remember what it was about because we've clearly got over it, but yeah, there was definitely a time where, and it's no fault of yours, but it was just that you have got a cracking memory. And and I don't have that, and so um, I know how I compensate for it. And because you were, you know, you were you were you were sluggish around that time, it meant that there's a couple of bits that that slid. Nothing dramatic, fortunately for us all. I want to get back to though. I didn't. I've digressed us quite significantly from this point about solicitors, and so I want to get you back there and let you just run with that because it is a really interesting analogy. So what what do you mean by that, and how has it then changed your perception of how we're best positioned and placed in healthcare? So, so that's the thing that's really uh, had an impact on me is is how you position the physiotherapist in healthcare and to to patients because it's 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 always been traditionally fix the problem. I have a hurty knee. You go to see a physiotherapist, sports therapist. They will fix the hurty knee. I'm not sure that that's the right way to be focusing on things because I think knowledge is power. And and like I said earlier. Pain is okay if you know why you've got it and you know the solution to it and, and how long it might last. The reason I brought up solicitors is that, you know, as a business, we sometimes have legal issues, things that come up. I've never gone to court. My solicitor has never, ever taken me to court and actually done something for me in that way. But he is always there to reassure me and advise, tell me what uh, whether I should be worried, tell me 
um, what I could do to help, you know, what I what what I could do and things not to do and what sort of insurance to get and all of those sorts of things. So from a, it, it just struck me that whenever I've used a solicitor, it was very similar to how I used you and Mark and the other physios I, I know, which was very much about reassurance and knowledge um, and not necessarily doing something that will fix the problem. For example, like my friend who went to a physio said, I can fix it through, you know, massaging your neck. Um, and, and so that's where I came up with that solicitor analogy. It was, mm. it was that physios and therapists in general, a lot of it is about communicating effectively, giving people knowledge, um, helping them understand what the issue is and giving them ways of, of, of dealing with it. Whether that's like Mark Reed with, let's look at the drug side of things or you're a runner, that doesn't mean you have to stop running and sit down for the next six months. We can use running as rehab. I saw Tom Goom earlier message or tweet something about this, which is get a runner running when they're injured because you can see what's going. You know, so so I think that's that's really really important. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a good. It's a great analogy because it's this this idea of of that. <laughs> solicitors don't use this language but it's this minimum necessary force isn't it it's like let's 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 work things up let's make sure we're thorough let's understand it first which you know obviously is is, is then the, the the solicitors that their uh, their analytical side is incredible especially the way that they can pour over what look like the same words and jargon but they, they kind of get that get that analysis right and then from there it's like right what are the minimum necessary forces for us to get to the outcome that we need that is mm justice you would hope and in this instance being what what is it what's the typical time frame and trajectory what are the forces at play that might affect michael's recovery and then making sure we're not haphazard with that because it is tempting to jump for um more profound and significant interventions than are necessary now sometimes they're necessary like the, the act of going to court might happen in in, in the future if the, if if that necessitates because the context means that it need it's needed but most of the time not and that's why I do think that's a, a really strong analogy but it takes for then and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is if that is the way in which you now see quality MSK care of which I agree of course that takes for expert assessment and communication and, and a management that is very much made individualized and bespoke and personalized in every which way and it it's less intervention laden, isn't it? Do you think that we are we are we well on that way? And do you encounter most people that are that way out or not? I'd say what well, it's funny. I think you are on the way. I think it's what you do. I just don't think it's how you market yourselves. You market yourselves as you have a problem, we will fix it. And and from everything I see, again, every physio that's a client, or I keep saying physiotherapist is a client, you talk to them and they're all exactly the same. You know, they give the same consistent advice. They and, and this is what I do in clinic on a daily basis. But everything from their digital footprint, let's say, is all about I fix people. You know, you have a sore back, you have lower back pain, come and see me and I'll fix it. None of them actually believe that they're gonna do something. It's about okay, let's let's talk about why you've got it. Do you know what? unfortunately you're 60 kilos overweight let's work with you on that that's probably going to help you you know that, that that's that's what physios are or what my clients at least i see are doing so it's not i don't think you need some step change here where physios suddenly have to do this i think you all already do this i think it's about communication to the patient communication with the patients outwardly to say this is actually what you're going to do um and i think that's that's the key thing
Yeah, well, that's that's one of the. Th so I agree with that. I think it's, it's probably that I certainly I'm in contact with from our listing we engage with most. You know, it's a it's a hell of a skewed sample of, of the norm, and I think that you have a better a version of that as well in in, in business and the, and the practices you decide to work with are on the ethical side of that spectrum. But um, I think we are moving that way clinically, but it's just how we message that and how we can get cut through with mm -hmm. the patients so that they can expect that and that change in market force and market behavior that can that can mean that people don't then decide to say, here's a list of body parts I treat, disembodied from the person, and here's a list of interventions that we do to fix said problems and body parts. Yeah. And, and, and so people feel almost obliged that that is the industry standard. And the only way that we can really try and do that is that the market forces then mean that they're not wanting that, they're not needing that, they're not responding to that style of advertising, and 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 therefore the perception shifts over time, which is which is obviously music to our ears. I don't want to duck a question because I'm not going to get to all the questions and comments. Sorry for those that are, are posting, but I wanted to make sure I didn't duck this one. It came in fairly early, Martin Davies, when I was talking about it being a compressive lesion. Does that mean you would image all compressive nerve roots? No, uh, there would be circumstances I wouldn't. There'd be circumstances I would. However, when um, in this instance whether something is compressive and you have what are considered loosely hard neuroscience disrupted reflexes of which we couldn't test in michael for example in person uh, but certainly um, overt uh, physical weakness and sensation changes and the trajectory of those is is certainly going to influence my reasoning significantly when it comes to imaging requisition in this case mri so it's not a blanket rule, for example, Martin, if that's what you're asking, you know, uh, that if something's indicated as compressive, I, I would, especially a lot of cases like this where we're consulting someone whose weakness is definitely on the turn for the better and was fleeting, then that's certainly an area where I wouldn't. But you do always keep it under monitoring. And I think that, that one of the things that we're dealing with when it's compressive is the fact that you are then, uh, you are at risk of cell death, for want of a better term, you know, you're, you're, um, the, the way in which the nerves is that you, you know that if they are compressed and then trapped, uh, as is often the language used, then then that that is something that for too long a time, then you could you could lead to a, a more profound paralysis. And so you want to make sure you get across that, and it's safe to do so uh, to make sure you don't delay imaging for too long after those things. So not a blanket rule, but a very good question, a fair one, um, and I hope I've answered it. Uh, reasonably but i did need to just get sucked into the clinical weeds for a second there michael just to make sure i didn't yeah, duck yeah. it is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up on this um from your experiences and um but you, you kind of it sounds like you in general about a positive one is that a fair summary yeah, it was in general really positive the, the, the worst part of the entire thing was you had said uh this is what it is going to speak to a doctor to a gp to to get some drugs essentially because you can get to prescribe something they sent me off to hospital for a heart attack um, which was quite oh, yeah, forgot about that. So I spent all day in hospital um, having heart tests and my blood pressure was high and my heart rate was high because I was in bloody pain, to be perfectly honest. And then finally the consultant came out and he said, are you a physiotherapist? And I said, no, 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 I just happen to work with a lot of them. And he said, oh, okay, yeah, uh, no, it's not a heart attack, go home. Um, but yeah, that was, that was I quite amazing. Forgot about that. Yeah, we see that sometimes. Really intense pain skews your SATs, as well as then sometimes like costochondritis or other other things that make you short of breath or painful, uh, and, and, and especially the arm pain. You can kind of get it why people clutching their arm and you, you know, one 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 or a GP sometimes then react badly to that. There's one more thing I want to just leave you with, and maybe it's a discussion for another time. Um, 
it was okay the physiotherapy side of it i got as much use from you as i did from the consultant who did the imaging and and looked at the imaging and in fact you looked at it and you came up with the same thing what was interesting was that a physiotherapy appointment would have cost me 60 pounds 50 pounds 40 pounds whatever an orthopedic consultant for 30 minutes on, on zoom was 250 pounds there is an interesting thing there for, for me in terms of what a physiotherapist because you both did the same thing essentially hmm. um but the orthopedic consultant was happy to charge 250 pounds the physio was not so i wonder whether there is something to be well at least it's 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 something to think about well it is but it's happy to charge and and and, and that's the thing is that, that i've, I've and no happy problem. to pay that's and the happy thing that, you, that social association to it because especially because you it's easy to say that in hindsight, isn't it? But your perception may well have been that you were getting a level of expertise beyond. And in the surgeon's defense, as well as not that we need to defend him because we're not for a second suggesting it wasn't a good intervention. Um, but the price differential is somewhat skewed by the actual level of professional governance and training that they go through. And so you end up in this situation where they, they have ended up on a accredited level a consultant grade and have gone through a process of of that post uh, postgraduate training that, that is inevitable whereas within physiotherapy it's sort of naturally self-regulated and, and for my, my example being and it's kind that you're you're putting me on that pedestal but it's just that on a specific training level then I am no more qualified than my undergraduate so for what I would say from a patient perspective I would have been more than happy to pay Mark Reed 200 or choose 250 pounds. You still can now you've mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll send you some money. But I would have been more than happy to pay 250 for that because that advice was absolutely invaluable. And and actually, this is a whole other topic which we'll get onto at some point, I'm sure, which is pricing and charging in this industry and how some people who have you know chronic pain like me um, charging them such small amounts when a hairdresser will charge you 400 quid for a haircut is yeah out of i think that's a really good point and definitely one we need to pursue and one for another day really pleased to hear of positive experiences especially those that you attribute to to us especially reedy i agree with you phenomenal clinician and completely mm -hmm. um because he's got a gobshite like me making loads of noise all the time he probably um people don't don't realize uh, and i maybe don't say enough just how how brilliant he is so i'm glad you had that experience because he is brilliant um and that above all else that you've been able to share some of your insights from being that side of the uh, advice um table mm. and um and, and i think it gives some sign that as as well we've not met in person since it happened and so all of these positive health interactions have been virtual for effect apart from you know you did go in of course to actually have a you didn't have a scan over zoom and you and you did go in to, to meet the consultant in person i understand didn't you uh, uh no i just had the scan the, no, the is that consultant was zoom. Well. yeah that's that's great apart from your a and e attendance so uh, which was a fascinating thing especially when it wasn't appropriate in in covid times as well so that's another thing isn't it um, yeah. So yeah, let's leave it there because we're in we're in overtime. But massive thanks for sharing that with us all. It's, uh, it's, it's decent, and and I think the way that this will inform our usual style chewing it overs about marketing and value and things like that, I think will be interesting. I'm, no doubt we can hark back to this this yeah. story again.
um because it's been it's been really interesting so thanks a lot everyone i'll be back tomorrow and we will finally be you know i'm over it enough now to talk a little bit about the football uh, and so tomorrow's show we're going to be talking a little bit about that uh, about the cultural phenomena that was the the euros as well including you know the, the good the bad and the very ugly that has unfortunately emerged from it as well um, that we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show for friday so do join me for that looking forward to it and um, and thanks again michael we'll speak soon cheers mate cheers